couple of quick plugs before we start today's show. If you want to follow us on Twitter, our handle is at Narbos Podcast. If you want to email us, our email address is narbosandbroomheads at gmail.com. Hit us up with your comments on future episodes of Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High. And if you want to be on a future episode, let us know as well and we'll try to set something up. You can also uh, follow our show on all of the podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and uh, Spotify. So please give us a follow and subscribe on any of those sites, and uh, you will be able to get us pushed to you every single week. The theme music for this show is brought to you by a band called Ew, You're a Girl and Girls Suck. They are a punk band from here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and their Bandcamp page is iagags.bandcamp.com. That's E-Y-A-G-A-G-S dot bandcamp.com. They used to watch Degrassi episodes when they took breaks from recording back in the 90s. Uh, anyways, that's about it for the plugs. Let's get to this week's episode. Happy birthday, big guy. I know it's sometime around now. For me, things are going great. Got a two-week gig here in Port Hope. The place we're playing is on the front of the card. Good luck, Mike. is Narbos and Broomheads, your favorite Degrassi podcast, with another deep dive into a classic episode of Degrassi Junior High. We're talking about Season 3, Episode 11, Taking Off Part 1. And, well, you know, if you feel a little uncomfortable during this episode, just remember, it doesn't hurt, does it? (laughs) Nothing wrong with something that feels good. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm Arlo. I've got the hosting hat on this week, and you can catch me on Instagram at A-R-L-O-E-S-C-O-T-T. And with me, as always, is our rotating group of creepy traveling salesmen Arlo? who is out there joining me today. Do you fool around? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely fool around. <laughs> uh, I am Slip with five eyes, but my real name is Alan. <laughs> But if you look for me on social media, Twitter and Instagram, it's slip with five eyes or do you fool around? <laughs> if James would hear, were here, I'd be like, do you fuck? Do <laughs> <laughs> you fuck? Um, and on that note, I am Courtney and my Instagram is at Courtney.1293. And be sure to give us a follow at Narbos and Broomheads podcast on Instagram. And hello, this is Ted coming to you live from the Cloud Sound Motel in Charlottetown, Turnover National Park, Newfoundland, Canada. So if you hear people coming into the motel room going, oh yeah, I'm just coming in to get a drink. Well, you'll know where that audio is coming from. <laughs> so we'll be right here. You can follow me at Sewa3. On the Instagram machine. You're not you're not staying in that hotel with your band and playing in the bar, are you? <laughs> I do though have a I do have the microphone balanced precariously on a guitar case. So if that <laughs> and there's a uh, there's a couple of drinks also balanced on it. If that counts for anything, nice. that's Definitely pretty cool, right? A themed recording. 
Definitely. <laughs> uh, so as we've talked about in previous episodes of this podcast, um, some Degrassi episodes really stand out as sort of these legacy episodes that really stick out in your mind. And for me personally, this episode, I mean, I can actually still remember the commercials for it when it was going to air. And yeah. I'm pretty sure I was watching this one in its original airing. And, uh, like, my sister and I have been joking about creepy traveling salesmen for as long as I can remember. <laughs> we made paper dolls that had gourmet scum t-shirts that they could wear. Like, this one very clearly to me is one of the quintessential episodes. Does anyone else have a thought on that? I'm with you. Yes, this is definitely the, this one and the following one. Are, even if you weren't, like, a huge Degrassi fan like we all are, you still, like, if you were going to remember a couple episodes, I think I, this would definitely be on the top of that list. Um, everybody knows Port Hope and the creepy salesman from what I get. <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 in our very first episode, a comment that James made, like the third thing I think that was ever said on this podcast that I ended up editing out was uh, we played the theme music for the show. And after it was done, James did not approve of it. And he said, that's why Shane jumped off the bridge. <laughs> So, <laughs> so that yes. so that's how monumental this these episodes are is like it's like the first thing that we referenced uh in one of many references looking ahead over the course of the the series this is like there's been so much that's been leading up to these two episodes and uh yeah they're just they're huge and uh top probably top five degrassi episodes of all time and I think everyone remembers these. And when I moved to Ottawa, the first time I drove to Toronto from Ottawa, the most exciting thing was going through Port Hope. Yep. I take a picture of Port Hope sign every time I go from Ottawa back home to visit my parents. Every time. Where dreams come to die. Port Hope. <laughs> they have a nice they have a nice drive in theater there, just so you know. That's it. That's yeah. all I have. I, I, I also looked up the uh the top attractions at Port Hope. Uh, there's also a goat farm, farm called Oat Goat um, that made the top list of attractions. All right. It's number All 16, right. according to TripAdvisor. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to Port Hope, check out Oat Goat. I'm going to the, go. I'm going to the Port Hope Wikipedia page right now. Uh, some other facts about Port Hope. Oh, yeah. Uh, formed in 1789... The current mayor is Bob Sanderson. The population is 16,753 in the municipality. So Pretty there big. you go. How many of that is goats? Uh, <laughs> here's a very here's a very important fact about Port Hope, which I will talk about extensively when we get to this part of the uh, show. Highway 401 runs through the north end of Port Hope. And oh. I'm just going to say this right now. It's really fucking easy to get there, but not if you're wheels. And we'll, uh, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> well, yeah. For, uh, some of our listeners who might not be familiar with Ontario geography, um, Port Hope is approximately an hour and a half by car east of Toronto, um, specifically from 179 Degrassi Street, which we find out from the postcard is Wheels' address, according to this storyline um it's 104 kilometers away it is it's really easy uh you just go to the 401 and then you go to port hope that's that's yeah. how you get there but again mm -hmm. we'll talk about it 
All right. So this one is uh, directed by Kit Hood, written by Yan Moore. So we've got the Dream Team uh, situation for this one. And it originally aired on February 6, 1989. So let's get into it. In the opener, Wheels arrives home and his grandma asks him where he was. Hello, Derek. He says, where have you been? (laughs) I just want to say something before any of this starts. Like the grandmother's voice is now Alan in my head. (laughs) I do not hear the grandmother anymore. It's ASMR. Alan's grandma voice. So I'm sitting there, and Alan is talking to me through the TV, going, "Derek," and I'm like, "Oh my God, he's haunting." Derek, where have you been? (laughs) Oh God. I'm gonna say about his grandma throughout these episodes. There's. I'm I'm struggling because there's a part of me that's like, of course she's got to ask. Like he's fucking around a lot, right? But at the same yeah, time, true. it's also like, fuck, you're annoying. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, so annoying. <laughs> yeah. So uh, she mentions that he got some mail, and uh, it is a postcard from his real dad, his real biological dad, Mike Nelson. Woohoo! And uh, his grandma continues to ask him questions about school. Lead, leading questions about school and uh she finally says alan did you want to take this one well she yeah she's hinting like about the school making him lie and then finally is like you weren't there and why do you, derek <laughs> why do you lie to me <laughs> and then she says <laughs> and this is again here's here's a line where it's like this is fucking unnecessary but education is so important. I'm sure your parents would want you to go. Why would you talk about the dead parents? I don't yeah, know. That's pretty cheap. Yeah. And of course he says, why should they care? They're dead. And storms off to his room. Yeah. And uh, he goes to his room, reads the postcard from Mike Nelson. And uh, does anyone want to Be- take a crack at the Mike Nelson, the first of the Mike Nelson voiceovers? Before he does, and then I'll pass it to Ted, because hopefully... <laughs> He's uh he's ready to go. Uh, Wheel says what we're all thinking as he mutters to himself, "Old bag." Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you... he said, "Yeah, go ahead." No, do you have it? <laughs> no, no. Actually, it was just "Happy birthday, big guy." But then I look at the and it's like fairly, you know, exclamation point. But I looked at the punctuation and there's zero. Happy birthday, period, big guy, period. <laughs> It's like, okay, okay, Mike. Happy birthday, big guy. (laughs) I know it's sometime around now. For me, things are going great. Got a two-week gig here in Port Hope. The place we're playing is on the front of the card. Good luck, Mike. (laughs) Yeah, good luck. (laughs) So great. Good luck with your your life. Um, Mike, yeah. Mike Nelson thinks Donald Trump is like just the best guy of all time. <laughs> oh no! Uh, I also wrote, "LOL, no money, no present, nothing, just the postcard." <laughs> just a not good even, luck. Not even a letter, really. Just just a postcard. Good yes. luck. Going great for me. Sorry about your luck, Wheels. <laughs> yeah. like Enough it. about you. Talk about me <laughs> in this postcard. I like the idea that. Mike Nelson in his head, and I mean, later we'll see this venue that they're playing at for two weeks, is like, this is a really big thing. So much so that I want to buy a postcard and brag to my my birth son about it. 
I, yeah. I mean, I get the feeling he didn't actually buy the postcard. You know how like some hotels have like free postcards. <laughs> in the lobby? That, that's my feeling. Uh, like, that's... I mean, it's on the front of the postcard, so you can yeah. even see when we get to the lobby, you'll there's a little place on the counter it says postcard 79 cents or something like that oh, oh so he so, did pay 79 he does, oh he does care he does care 79 yeah. cents plus tax and in 1988 that was i think that was pre-gst so hmm. yeah that's a big fucking deal um, um mike mike nelson also writes like a 12 year old girl I know. Oh yeah, that was definitely written by a woman. Just saying. Definitely. Um, as you noted, Wheels lives at 179 Degrassi Street, but for some reason, when he looks out his window, he sees the Gardner Expressway, which is not a thing. <laughs> uh, Kevin Watson, who was on our last show, and again, thank you, Kevin, uh, for bringing the facts, says Wheels' house is at 179 Degrassi. After he storms into his room and calls his grandma an old bag, he sits by a window in the bedroom. You can see the Gardner Expressway. The house is actually on Dowling Avenue, about nine kilometers west of Degrassi. So there you go. I also read that in some previous episodes, they also filmed on Adelaide uh, Street. Oh, right downtown. Adelaide Street for some of the exteriors of Wills' house as well. I um I don't know if you guys have checked out this website, but it's pretty good. It, they, it's not. This is the last episode they do, unfortunately. But it's DegrassiPanthers.com, and it's a it's a blog dedicated solely to tracking down locations that are used throughout Degrassi Junior High. Oh yeah, it's great. It's so good. And they he pointed out the fact that um, in season two, when we see the front of Wheels' house, uh, we see that his address is one seventy nine. So the continuity between season two and three is on point here because obviously uh, Mikey Nelson addresses his postcard to 179 Degrassi Street. Mm-hmm. Very good job. Uh, so cue the happy theme music and we find ourselves in Mr. Garcia's class. And we learned that the photos from Picture Day have arrived. Yay. Really and- late, by the way. We're like more than halfway through the year. Yeah, are we yeah, after Christmas at this point? <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of a strange system that, like, I, I'm not surprised that they weren't very organized getting the photos to them. <laughs> like, they, they, like, they make everyone's fo- photos. Like, they develop everyone's photos in many different sizes. Yeah. And then the parents are supposed to decide which ones they want and then send back the pictures they don't want. Yeah. It's just like, why would you develop all the pictures? Like, that, why wouldn't you... Like, I, I don't, I wasn't a parent. Like, I'm not a parent. I don't know how photo days work. I don't know how they worked then. But it seems like a real waste of materials. At my school, what happened was you'd get, you'd get your photos taken. Then they give you, like, one or two sample photos. Like a little, like a little one. Yeah, you and would take you them home. The, and then you and would then choose, choose how many. A, a what's package the, yeah. of them. And at that point, they would develop the photos in the sizes that you want. But you're right? right. You get to take, in this case, you get to take all the photos that they've developed and paid for home. And then if you don't want them, you, you bring them you back. You give them back and then they just throw them away? Like, I don't. It's it's very strange to me. I mean, I in this in this world where there are so many perverts around, I'm assuming that <laughs> they probably like bootleg the photos off to <laughs> Mr. Colby and oh, traveling salesman. Yeah, gross. and the traveling salesman. <laughs> yeah, um, just I add, actually just add some pasted on dicks into the photos around the area. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I actually noted that this scene was so unnecessary. There was so much unnecessary talking about the specifics of photos, but. 
clearly it's proven to be a good conversation point. So what the <laughs> fuck do I know? We're just confused. I don't know. Um, we also learned that the next day is the Gourmet Scum concert. And everyone is excited, especially Spike and Liz. Um, Amy and Allison still think it's disgusting. <laughs> They're That's like, so funny. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. G- Garcia asks Snake to give Wheels his pictures. And uh, for some reason, puts the responsibility on Shake, a uh, snake, uh, like fourteen-year-old boy, to tell I, Wheels to come to school. I wrote in, I wrote in all caps. Why is this responsibility? And actually, <laughs> Garcia tells him to bring the photos. And then I wrote in small, like in, in regular punctuation, why is this snake's responsibility? Then he tells him to tell Wheels he needs to start coming to school. And then I wrote in all caps. Why is it like? What's Snake gonna do? Garcia's like, well, now that you've now that you've decided to start talking to Wheels again, uh, tell him to come to school. I don't know. Um. So Melanie is showing Diana her school picture, and she's unhappy with it because she still has her braces in the picture, and she wants to burn them. Aww. I'm gonna burn the pictures. Does anyone have any matches? If you laid your bets on who uh, was going to do the first Melanie impression, it's Mr. Alan Gates. So <laughs> pay up if you did. Well done. Arlo, you came in second there, though. Woo! I think. You did. Sorry. I was. Yeah, I did not have Arlo on my uh, game board for <laughs> Melanie, so that's impressive. Oh, she was like, you know, <laughs> 10 to 1. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> Uh, Tim is also talking to Joey and he is also unhappy with his picture. They meet up with Luke and Shane and they all decide they should sit together at the Gourmet Scum concert and they're going to meet outside at 5pm. So, so really, really, really early for a concert. Well, so I wrote what kind, I, what kind of early shit concert is this? But So based on their description and we see later that they go to like what they call a stadium... But then what? There's seating, but you can choose your seats and you meet at 530. Like, this is the weirdest fucking concert I've ever been to. <laughs> they have to get there early because it's they're on the floor and it's rush seating and they have to get in line for rush seating? Question mark. That's not a thing. It is. A, that's a thing. Rush like, you know how you get seating seats in, like the like the upper part, but then you have like rush seating on the floor. So, like, if you're first in line to get on the floor, then you'll be closer to the stage. Usually, though, it's not seating on the floor. It's usually an open floor. It's standing, yeah. 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 They did say they were going to sit together, didn't they? they <laughs> They're just stand. sitting on the ground. Sure they meant stand. <laughs> sitting on it's the fine. arena floor is what they meant. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> um, Caitlin comes by, and Joey leaves with Caitlin. And then Luke and Shane start talking about how they're going to take acid at the concert. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Luke is talking about how awesome it is, and Shane can't wait. And he said, "Oh, have we hit the uh, the Luke line? The foreshadowing in grade nine literature." He would say, "He said, you are flying, man. <laughs> Did you catch this?" Oh, yep. Yes. He, um, I, 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 I mean, I get it. It's this Degrassi universe, so whatever. But like, Luke's in grade eight. And he's like, I fucking buy acid all the time. Woo! Like, <laughs> like I, I know some people start young, but I don't know. L- Luke doesn't, uh, you know, when you think of him as a 13-year-old child, it's like, mm, yes. it's a little extreme. You would be a burnout if you were doing, like, oh, yeah, I've done it a bunch of times. And I think he's legit because he's saying, like, 
takes about a half hour. It's like, oh, you've definitely probably done that before. Uh, also, <laughs> just one thing. Joey said, you were talking about a doomed universe, Alan. Joey is quoted as saying, anything involved with this school will be horrible. Breaking the fourth wall, that's my, that's my conspiracy <laughs> theory. He's saying that we're in a doomed universe. Anyways, well, I can proof- say as, a, as an actual kid who grew up in in Canada, um, I did have friends who were probably around like the 15 or 16 year old mark that were doing acid at that point. Sure. Um, I did not at that time. I was much, much older before I ever considered doing any kind of harder drugs. I feel that, I, I mean, I don't know. I never did any drugs, but it seemed to me that, you know, when you're in grade eight, grade nine, you're talking about you know, booze and maybe, well, smoking. Yeah, people were definitely yeah. starting to, to experiment with, like, pot yeah. when I was that age. Um, but I think probably my age group, like, it was a little bit older when we started talking about anything harder than that. And for me personally, like, I like I didn't even contemplate harder drugs until I was, like, 30, which may not be the normal trajectory, but just to... <laughs> And, put it out there and and again it's not like luke is like i've i've tried it once or twice the way he's talking he's like yeah i, I had it for it lunch it was awesome like <laughs> so do you think do you think it's realistic for the the hyper imposing of these issues on the certain age group or do you think the writers took it from say a 15 16 17 year old age group and put it on a 13 or 14 do you think it's realistic when i was 14 i definitely knew people who had done acid or were going to do acid or whatever like it's it it wasn't necessarily part of my friend group but like i i knew people 13 is maybe a little young but again like we have a fucking 13 year old who's already had a child so (laughs) she's fucked up into gracio sorry (laughs) and just a little bit of a throwback and melanie wants matches (laughs) (laughs) to to burn her (laughs) that's the other conversation happening here (laughs) And I'm so sorry to, to cut people off going uh, because of the bets people online were placing on who would do the first uh, first impression. But yeah, the I need matches. <laughs> and again, uh, kind of throwing back to my comment about the stupid scene with the photos and how detailed it was. Um, all of Melanie's scenes are cut out in the um, uh, YouTube version, like the Degrassi official channel. They're all cut out. I was going to ask you that because I've been watching the the full one and then I I don't even know what's... I I assume if something's good and you go, Melanie's matches, I go, that's probably cut out because that's fantastic. Well, I mean, I guess compared to like running away from home and, you know, doing acid, (laughs) jumping off a bridge, probably like being unhappy with your school photo is kind of... Like, maybe we could cut this part. Yeah, out. when you're looking to yeah, slice but- two minutes. <laughs> maybe you could cut out Mr. Garcia explaining in detail how the fuck to, like, send your photos back. Like, that seems to be something you could cut out. Or maybe you could cut out a little bit of the pervert at the end, like dry humping wheels. We don't need oh, to see God. all of that. So. Strong legs. What? I didn't watch the rest of this episode. What are you talking about? That happens. I thought this was a good positive universe oh no oh no oh oh, Oh. no stop (laughs) all right so after school out front joey is flirting with caitlin they're talking about schoolwork and uh she walks away and snake ribs joey for being in love with her 
uh, rightly so. And uh, Snake and Joey are going to bring Wheels his pictures, and they talk about how they're going to talk to him about coming back to school. And uh, Snake again, the dick. Joey says yeah. he, he understands why Wheels doesn't come to school, and Snake is like, I don't know, his parents died ages ago. <laughs> it's like, again, it's like Snake blowing off like Wheels' two, two problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just get over it after a couple months, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Wheels is at the arcade uh, playing a game that is called The Main Event. Sure is. Yes, 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 which yes. It's apparently a classic wrestling arcade game. Um, I know we may or may not have several wrestling aficionados here. <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> what you're you guys ever played this game. I have. The creators of the up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. Or if you're pay- playing with a friend, Select start uh-huh. for the, the contra code. Yeah, Konami. And yes, Kano, uh, yeah, Konami, and it's uh, known in Japan as Ringu no Oja or OG. <laughs> so this is actually the main. This is what the main event is called in Japan. Released in 1988, the cabinet, and it is a. I'm like, I was watching this episode, going, "Wow, so futuristic!" Like I was, I was uh, brought back to my childhood in this. It was Aww. fantastic. That's nice. Uh, one of the wrestlers in the uh, game is named Alan. That's right. It's me. <laughs> it's his name is Alan the Empire. It's <laughs> my name. And then he was he was uh, supposed I love to that. be a lookalike. Like in this corner we have Sergeant Slaughter, <laughs> and in this corner we have Alan. Alan. <laughs> it was Alan the Empire. Right. Alan the Empire. <laughs> <laughs> He, he probably wrestled better if he wasn't wearing that beige trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but maybe he could hide all of his weapons in there. Oh, I got one weapon. Something. I'm hiding one weapon. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if you guys read into, like, I didn't, I never played this game. I never went to arcades. But um, I looked into this game and how apparently all the wrestlers in it were were um, created as lookalikes of actual WWF wrestlers. Oh, that happened a lot. Um, and that's Alan the Empire. You're supposed to be a red-haired, bearded Andre the Giant. Yes. Ooh. Oh, good job. So lucky. Uh, I've never played the main event. We did used to play WrestleMania arcade game in the yes. arcade sometimes. Another great one. Pretty the fantastic. Clutch. And this uh, isn't the only wrestling reference we're going to see in this Oh, I'm, I'm so Woo! ready for the next one. I, yes. Me too. Bring it be. on. Okay, anyway, back to wheels. He loses the game. Um, he puts more money in, which prompts Joey to ask him where he has the money to play the game all the time. And Wheels says he sold his base. What? Joey what, what? Is gobsmacked. Can't you believe it. Pants. I love how when Wheels loses, he's like, stupid game. And then he pumps in another quarter, which is <laughs> like pretty much how like video game executives probably <laughs> like imagined people were reacting to their games. Like, just keep pumping those quarters in, dummy. It's also sort of a metaphor for how Wheels approaches life. Like, he's not like, uh, I suck. He's just like, stupid game. But he's willing to, he's still willing to put in another quarter and keep going for now. He's like, stupid game, you old bag. (laughs) (laughs) And Joey, yeah, he's like nonchalant. He's just like, I sold my base. And Joey is concerned about the band and wheel says the zit remedy is a joke. He's not wrong. 
<laughs> and as they, they're kind of pissy with each other, Snake brokers a deal by saying, let's get some fries. <laughs> yeah, he steps in to break that tension and suggests that they get some fries. So as they're eating fries, Wheels is complaining about living with his grandparents, and they're so old. And he says if they bug him one more time, he's leaving. And they yeah. do, like, he is, does list some pretty menial um, things that they ask of him. Turn the radio down. Go to school. <laughs> <laughs> How dare she? If every menial thing that you were True. being asked to do was asked in, like, Wheels' grandma's voice, you'd be like, you'd like, want to flip a table, too. Like, she'd just be like, Courtney, can you pass the salt, please? Derek, your parents would want you to turn the radio down. <laughs> They're trying to get a ghost sleep. You're going to wake the dead, Derek. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently his grandma's immune. No one knows. I bet you his grandma. I I think that uh, Wheels' grandpa is actually perfectly healthy, and he acts that way just so that he can be (laughs) ignore her. (laughs) (laughs) They're like if, like, um, Peg Bundy and Al Bundy, like, grew up, and that's just his (laughs) shtick now. Every once in a while, Wheels' grandma is, you know, talking shit around grandpa, and he ignores her. She walks away, and then he looks at Wheels and just winks. It's like... yeah. (laughs) <laughs> do you want to get some fries, Derek? <laughs> um, have we noticed fries tend to like diffuse situations a lot in this uh, in this show? Yes, and like, let's, except, let's except in degree, except in schools out when it's chips that uh, oh, are used. That doesn't diffuse anything. Nope. When I, they were eating the fries, I noticed that they were using those tiny little fucking plastic picks. <laughs> they were that you get. <laughs> At like when you order fries at like a fair or something, or like fish and chips. I guess so. I thought you would always. I thought you got forks, mm-hmm. not those tiny little poker things. So Sneak and Joey think he's joking about leaving, uh, but Wheel says he's serious and he's gonna go to Port Hope. He produces the postcard, the postcard, and uh, Snake takes a look at it and points out how Wheels' birthday isn't for another month. <laughs> <laughs> so God. two things um courtney is the only one here who actually grew up in southern ontario and grew up the closest to port hope yeah did I you know where port hope was when you were that age honestly i can't recall knowing where it was until the deg- like until it came about on degrassi because i mean I, I guess it's not totally unrealistic that he wouldn't know but like the three of them have no idea where this town is like, um yeah, so I noted that too. And to be fair, like I live another hour past Toronto the other way, so it would be less likely that I would know. But I would figure as some people living in Toronto, it's not that far away. I feel like you would know where it is. Um, the other thing, and this is uh, in relation to the birthday comment, um, Kevin mentioned it on our last podcast, but he thought it was amusing how in this one they make the joke that Mike doesn't even know where Wheels is, <laughs> when Wheels' birthday is. Yet, when he first met Wheels, he's like, you were born at this hospital at this time, and here's your, here's your little birth, birth bracelet. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Excellent poll. Yeah. Yes. But, I mean, we, as we'll see, like, Mike Nelson's obviously grown since the last time he contacted Wheels, and things have changed a lot. Well, and also, as Wheels point out, he can't remember everything. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So what? He can't remember everything. Uh, so, uh, you know, Wheels starts talking about how awesome it would be to travel the world and be able to play with Mike Nelson's band. 
and he has clearly built a little fantasy for himself based on the po- on the postcard. Uh, they they, um, they do this. this just a sad noise from Ted. Yeah, there's this really <laughs> weird thing that happens next with, I don't know how they edited this. So Joey then talks about that's what it would be like if they had their band. And he says, trust me, as a throwback to that episode. Yes. He, then he asks, have I ever lied to you before? And then Wheels and Snakes say yes. And then all of them laugh. They're like, ha, ha, ha. And then they show this long shot of the table. And yes. they play music like the scene is about to end. Yep. And then it just keeps going. And they they zoom back in, and you go like, no, th- like the shot is supposed to be over. Like you've hit your points, and then they go back in, and you're like, well, what else is there? I was wondering if anybody else noticed this. Yeah, yeah, it was really weird. It's jarring. Like, why would you do that? I wonder if there's something like we're missing that got edited out. I just like ended up with a weird edit, you know? That's what I think too. And then um, there's another weird line. Uh, Snake and Joey say the concert's going to be great because it's going to be the band's last tour. And then Joey says there'll be so many chicks there. And Snake says best chicks. (laughs) (laughs) Snake has been taken over by an alien. "Mm, Correct. Best chicks. Yes, best chicks. Yes. Affirmative. And, oh, and, and I'm thinking, like, because, you know, Snake's going to fucking approach them. He's too shy to talk to Melanie, who he knows clearly, like, likes him. And he can't even speak yes. with her. Like, he's fucking going up to a stranger at a gourmet scum concert. Hi, Snake. <laughs> Hi, Snake. <laughs> okay, so next scene, we are at the gourmet scum concert. And uh, my sources tell me this is filmed at Varsity Stadium in Toronto. Did you get uh, the reference yes. to the name of the stadium on the show? Yes. Go for it. Uh, go, no, go ahead. It's They call it Schuyler Sh- uh, Schuyler Stadium? Schuyler. I, I think Schuyler. Yeah. Schuyler, okay. Shiler? It's named after Maybe. the co-creator of the show, Linda Schuyler. Linda. Or Linda, sorry. Schuyler. Did I say Linda? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. We also Linda had like, a, a, Sh- a Schuyler Park in the past as well. Yeah. Oh, the one that uh, Dwayne, yeah. and, Dwayne yeah, yeah. and Joey fought in, yes. Yeah. So this, this is actually Varsity is Stadium, which is at the university. Is that right? Yeah, it's at U of, U of T. T. Yeah. Uh, but it's not actually there anymore. Yeah, it, there's. Uh, I, I've heard that there's there's not much to see there anymore. So you'll have to bring your own gourmet scum. Yeah. Uh, it's weird because, because the show, like, when they're talking about the show and you see posters kind of like, you know, all around uh, the school and around the city for this concert, which it's like there is literally a gourmet scum poster in every fucking scene. Jesus of this Christ, episode. I know. Like every Everywhere. Fucking, but, every but when you see them, you're thinking like club show, like this has got to be a small show, right? right and they're going yeah. to a fucking yes. stadium. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we see that there's a bunch of Degrassi students there ones that we recognize arthur and yick are there i don't know if you guys noticed so oh, i didn't see that, that cool uh, <laughs> i bet arthur uh, paid for yick's ticket <laughs> yick's like we're, uh, we're, we're we're front row right yeah. arthur you're rich yeah, yeah like arthur. i wish you had Shut heard up. that like as don't passing by <laughs> <laughs> he has never stopped uh luke and uh, Shane are buying acid from some guy who in the previous episodes has been credited as, as Glenn. 
However, in this episode, he's only credited as drug dealer. Oh. Um, Glenn, like the guy who leads the orientation at yes. Borden? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay, okay. Right on. But now he has no name. He's just drug dealer. So remember that, kids. Drugs will destroy your identity and your selfdom. <laughs> um, so Shane is waving the acid around like, wow, acid. We're going to do this. I Woo! thought me a pill. Look at this. Like, Luke tells him to put it away. He's in the Degrassi universe. You can't hide those things. <laughs> no, it's impossible. That's right. Not possible. Did you also uh, notice right before this that there were t-shirt vendors outside the venue? And yeah. uh, Tim bought a t-shirt and it was $10. And I don't know, are they bootleggers or is that official merch? Can't say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, $10 was more in the 80s. Yeah, what was the inflation? <laughs> we figured this out last week. It would probably be something like, what, 17 bucks? Let's yeah. See, so that sounds like thirty-eight dollars or something like that. So yeah. roughly, sounds like double. not official. Not official. Like it's only seventeen dollars. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, I don't know. And the gourmet spelled G O R M E. But look, I mean, this is not <laughs> a high. I mean, I, I know that we're supposed to believe it's a big concert, but like, have you seen the posters? <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're like flyers. Like I, I don't know. I don't know that this is. I don't know that their merch would be super high stakes. Doesn't anyway. look like it to me. Right? Like a single silk screen ink. Anyway. Um, so Tim Jesus. comes out. <laughs> and he's like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So okay. Luke, uh, Tim is playing like the PSA angle here, right? Yes. Because, of course, because it's the 80s and we need the just say no. Yes. PSA to get in there. That's where Timmy Tim comes in. Keep in mind that like three episodes ago, Tim's science fair project was blowing a fucking euphonium into a big ear. It's like, (laughs) if if you really wanted some continuity, maybe they could have done their project on, on like, you know, the effects of LSD, but... And then it would make more sense that all of a sudden he's just dropping knowledge. Like he knows yeah. so much about acid when he's talking dropping about knowledge it. LSD plus acid. strychnine. You know what strychnine is, don't you? It's, it's rat, rat poison and it kills them really painfully. And then uh, Liz runs in and she's like, someone's hurting rats? <laughs> what, what, what? Is, there, is there a video that I can get of this? I noted on this scene. So Tim enters. Tim is wearing what you would call, I guess, colloquially, a drug rug. But he is the most <laughs> narkiest of narcs of all time. Because <laughs> he's like, hey, guys. And he's like schooling the boys about, you know, strychnine and drugs and stuff. And I go, eh, yeah, you're working for the police. Get out of here, <laughs> young. He's working for Nancy. That's what he's doing. Uh-huh. She runs yeah. a tight ship. That's right. 200 words or less. <laughs> uh, so Luke blows Tim off, basically, and takes the acid. He tells Shane that he doesn't have to do it if he doesn't want to. But Shane says he's not a chicken and takes the acid. Um, before this, Shane thinks it's weird to eat paper. And Luke's like, if you can't eat paper, maybe you're not ready for acid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that, that, that works perfectly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One equates, it's hand in hand. Hand in glove. <laughs> what, you don't need paper? Not, not your That's, time for acid. 
That's a terrible line. <laughs> I know, and it's so great. Um, so then we cut to Wheels' house. He and his grandpa are watching TV. Oh. What are they watching, May Alan? I? May I? Please, May. Please, 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 lay it on this us. This is amazing. Okay, so it's Saturday, and it's in the afternoon. So on Saturdays in those times, in the morning on the U.S. feed, you would get WWF Superstars which was mm-hmm. the American show. But then their syndicated product in Canada, at least where I lived, was called WWF Cavalcade of Wrestling. So I'm guessing that they're watching Cavalcade. Uh, in the ring, they see a wrestler named Coco Beware, yep. uh, also known as the Birdman, who used to come to the ring with a parrot named Frankie. Sounds pretty cool. And you know that he is the Birdman because he is he is defeated what is known in wrestling as a jobber, which is a wrestler that is paid to lose to the superstars and make them look good. And he is pinning the jobber by sitting on his chest and flapping his arms like a bird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Sometimes love feels like a pile driver. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, Wheels, the, the, the thing I love the most about this is Wheels' grandfather, who has no emotion, and again, probably because <laughs> of grandma, but when he's alone with Wheels and he's watching Coco Beware pin a guy, big fucking smile on his face. <laughs> oh, he's loving it. He's pointing at TV like, huh? You see this? <laughs> right, Birdman. He's, he's uh, like otherwise comatose every other scene that we've <laughs> yes. ever seen him in. Wrestling brings him to life. Like- it was him pinning his wife. <laughs> That's what I'd like to do. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um, did you guys also notice the voiceovers, like um, the play-by-play on the show, like on the on the like uh, calling the match? I didn't. It doesn't seem to match what's happening on the screen. Hmm. I, um, and I, didn't, I didn't recognize the voices, but when so we see Coco Beware sitting on the guy, basically sitting on his head. And the guy, the announcer, they're talking about something called an airplane spin. That's not the same thing. Exactly. They're like, oh, no, that's his signature move, the airplane spin. Look at that. I can't believe he lifted him up that high. But then you see the screen, and he's he's sitting sitting on him, and he's on the ground. So I wonder, I'm like, did they not, were they not allowed to like actually show or like have the actual audio and like they had like two people just like dub over watching it or something? Oh, oh, was all the same? Wrestling's not real. Uh oh. (laughs) (laughs) So airplane spins sitting on a man. No, it's fine. Everybody's okay. I'm actually just watched the scene right now. Not, not only is Grandpa smiling, he's looking at wheels and making a gesture, like shaking his head with a smile, being like, "Ooh, yeah!" Like, okay, okay. So watch it and listen to the announcer. I can't because the audio will play over this audio, so oh, I will later. You can't mute out. Yeah. Okay, okay, I'm glad that this is the most fascinating thing. <laughs> oh, we've talked about. You, but moving on. You know uh, me, Arlo. You knew this was coming. This <laughs> grandma. Oh, I, I appreciate your attention like to detail. Times. I really do. Um, his, uh, <laughs> Wheels' grandma starts bitching at Wheels about various things. Well, um, Wheels comes home and says she has chicken breast for dinner, and Wheels says he had, he already had fries, and grandma says, I'd hardly call that nutritious. I'm like, fuck 
off. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit much. Yeah, yeah, I feel like she needs to pick her battles a little bit here. Like, seriously, she knows that arguing. she knows that he's like a temperamental like kid. And again, I'm not saying that Wheels is in the right here. He's a fucking prick, right? But like, yeah, Grandma's like baiting him on with every conversation too. Well, I, you know, throughout this episode, we talk about how he's going to end up in a group home. And quite frankly, I think that he'd probably do better in a group home. I don't think that his grandparents have the tools and resources that they need to help this kid. Grandpa and does. He just doesn't give a fuck. He's faking, right? <laughs> yeah. Is <laughs> uh, so... wheelchair? Nothing. I can walk fucking fly. I can do the fucking... <laughs> Holly Gully, if I want, but the old uh, the old bag out there, just she's always on my fucking case, and I'm just like, what ifs? Oh, she's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Wrestling. <laughs> yeah. So Wheels' grandma tells him if he doesn't start going to school, they'll he'll end up in a group home, and Wheels says that's what they want because they want to get rid of him, and uh, his grandma denies it, but Wheels storms off. Into his room. And he mutters old bag again. No, go, sorry, go. Oh, yeah. oh, that's and two. Fill that out on your bingo card. That's the second time. And is clearly going to run away. He has a really giant radiator in his room. <laughs> it's pretty cool. As he's packing, you hear grandma through the door just like haunting him. Derek, Derek. please come out. Like, Derek. I'd be like, ah! Like, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the next morning, Wheels wakes Joey up, um, calling him, <laughs> saying he needs to borrow some money. Joey's, Joey's like, pissed. it's 1030. Why are you calling me after an awesome concert last night? And he's also graduated to full jammies. He's not He's not doing the, uh, the underroom. He, oh, he, yeah. he only does yeah. that when he's sleeping with other guys in the room. Yeah. Otherwise, he's, he's like, got full pajamas on. He may be half full jammies, but I wrote Joey's bed sucks ass. He's in like a <laughs> tiny, like it looks, it's like not a cot, but it's basically like the next thing up. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of army cot style. Yeah. Like, what age did you guys graduate from like a twin to like a double? <laughs> <laughs> I had a single until I was, you know, maybe like 11, maybe 10. And then I went to like, you know, whatever the next, you know, not a queen, but whatever the. A double. Yeah. A double. I had a waterbed. Really? <laughs> that was the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, I wanted a waterbed my whole life. I'm so glad that I don't have one now. They were not good. I'm the same way, too. They were not like, good. They were like, we can all agree, waterbeds were terrible, right? Like, they made no sense as, like, sleeping on a bag of water. Like, there's actually literally no support in it. <laughs> it no, sucks. It's, like, it's one of those things that's, like, super fun if it's not yours, like, to play on or something. But, like, you wouldn't want to own one. No. <laughs> you know what I'm going to put in my yeah. house? 2,000 pounds of water. I think that's fine. <laughs> a big old sack. It's fine. I'm going to sleep on it. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's gross. I really, yeah, I really need to investigate this further because, like, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. And I'm like, why did we have waterbeds then? Were they, like, a cheap are you alternative? Sure, are you sure it wasn't just a garbage bag full of water? And they're like, Courtney, we got you a waterbed for your birthday. Surprise, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, we love you. <laughs> it's like they were keeping a secret. <laughs> okay. Yeah, maybe. I'm going to investigate further. 
Water beds, so, you're canceled. So they uh, <laughs> they meet they meet at the arcade. Snake and Joey are talking about how great the concert was. Um, Wheels tells them that he's running away, and he makes them promise not to tell anyone, and they give him some money. Did you hear about the, what the what things made the concert super good? Uh, someone jumped off the stage. The hair. Many, yep, many I heard. The smoke. When he jumped into the crowd and they played two hours without a break, I would argue one of those things makes the concert good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Wheels tells them that his grandparents want to put him in a group home. Um, He says that Port Hope is only a couple hours away and he's going to hitchhike. He's looking at a fucking atlas. (laughs) Again, like... (laughs) It's like it's right there, dude. It's like a, it's a map. It's a paper map. You, <laughs> you can almost like see it just around the lake. Wheels is like, I'm not traveling by myself. I got Rad McNally coming with me. <laughs> uh, and uh, Rad McNally's like, like, do you fool around, Wheels? <laughs> like, no, Rand. <laughs> no. Sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> Uh, Snake tells him this is a bad idea. Wheels blows him off. Um, Joey gives Wheels a bus ticket to get him as far as the highway, and they tell Wheels to call to let them know he's okay. And Wheels leaves. Bye. And it's kind of uh, like a little bit of sentimental, right? They're like, all right, they give the you know they give their little high fives and they walk to yeah. w- watch their pal walk away, and it's like it's a little touching, I would say. Like. Spoiler alert. All right. <laughs> All right. Is, so is it cool, uh, question from your youth, was it cool to wear the concert you were at last night the next day? Oh, yeah. Or is that equivalent to wearing the band concert at the show, which you just bought it? Or does any of which, this matter? Um, BLT, I think, wore the Gourmet Scum shirt to the concert. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. He was the only one that I saw. I think next I day is open season. In the hall before we got to the concert, like the day before, Luke was wearing a gourmet scum yes. t-shirt already in the hall. Yeah. Well, Luke, and, and there were yes. posters everywhere, and everybody had gourmet scum. Everything. You have to imagine that every single child that goes to Degrassi <laughs> now has a gourmet scum t-shirt, except yes. Amy and Allison. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Disgusting. <laughs> um. So we then see wheels on the highway. Or the beginning of the highway. Mm. He gets picked up. Mm. <laughs> the guy mm. takes him as far as Ajax. Mm. And his adventure to Port Hope has begun. I mean, I guess we have different different definitions of highway. He's on a road. There are factories, like, right on the side yeah. of it. It's a fucking two-laner. I'm like, what? Let's say cl- close to the outskirts of town. Mm, what? No. But anyways... <laughs> Mm, mm. I was wondering what all your mm's were for. Mm. Now I see. When you said Wheels, highway, yeah. Wheels makes it to a place that's good for hitchhiking. <laughs> and he's also like dancing and playing air guitar along the way. Well, he's we'll hearing get to that. Yeah, we, that's coming up. Sorry, spoiler alert. At, uh, at Joey's house, Joey's mom is talking to Shane's mom on the phone. Shane never made it home from the concert the night before. Um, so Joey gets on the phone and he tells Shane's mom that he was at the concert, saw Shane, but then Shane left with Luke. What I like about this is, you know, Joey gets home and 
his mom's on the phone with somebody who's clearly concerned. And I think the first impression is that it's going to be wheels. And then they swerve you. And it's like, Shane, he's the one that's missing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sneaky, sneaky. Um, we then cut back to Wheels' adventure with an everybody wants something montage. Oh, yes. oh, so good. Love it. So good. Wheels is hitchhiking. So good. He's walking on the highway. He's playing air guitar or air bass, as it were. <laughs> he sucks at both. We uh-huh. get a Mike like- Nelson voiceover recap. <laughs> I also wrote, seriously, what fucking highway is he taking? Because again, I can't get over this, and and he's he's hitched multiple rides at this point. Like honestly, like if one per- person can't take me straight shot to Port Hope, I'll just be like, you know what? I'll wait for the next car. Like <laughs> it's not worth doing multiple rides. Just get on the fucking highway and go for forty five minutes, and you're there. And no, I don't just want to go to Ajax, and I don't <laughs> like loud music, guy. And and, and like, that guy? <laughs> <laughs> and also that- like the. Yeah. The fucking, like, the 401 is the busiest highway in North America. Yes. And it's used yes. to get people from Windsor to Montreal. Everybody's going from Toronto to Port Hope. <laughs> Anyways, I'll stop now. Sorry. And also, Ted, I think you were talking about one of the guys who picked him up, and I want to hear it. Yes, yeah, the long-haired, loud music guys. Like, I'm only going as far as Ajax. Hope you like loud music. And well, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, but uh, but yeah, he was like, yeah, sure. So he jumps in with this guy, only going as far as Ajax. Ajax is but, 20 minutes outside of Toronto. It's a suburb of Toronto. Yeah, like I, know, right? I was like, oh, okay. Like I'm going Whatever. to Ajax. It's like I, again, I'd be like, you're going nowhere. Like go yeah. without me. <laughs> this guy's like um, a dad of like like Derek Wembley of some 41. <laughs> <laughs> They're from Ajax, right? He's like, you yes, like loud music? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. That is me clapping. Um, that is an excellent poll. <laughs> because literally, that is the only thing I know about Ajax. Is that some 41 <laughs> is from Ajax. And it was the f- 40... First day of summer that they named some forty one yeah. after or something and I feel, like that. I feel like the timeline checks out. This is clearly one of their dads. Duh. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Unfortunately, yes. this is another another scene that's cut out of the uh, shorter <clears throat> official Degrassi Channel version. The cops are at Luke's house and they ask him if he was at the concert with Shane. And Luke says he did see Shane at the concert, but afterward. They split up. He doesn't know where he went. He hasn't seen him. Uh, the cops asked him a bunch of questions. And uh, they ask if he did any drugs. And uh, he says... He Classic do line here. Stuff. Classic line alert. He doesn't do that stuff. I don't know anyone who does that stuff. <laughs> I thought this was extremely realistic. You go like... They didn't ask you, you know, anybody. But he's like, I don't know anybody who does that stuff. I go, oh, that's pretty good. That's... That's legit dumb teenager reaction. I did find it very, like, a little bit, like, at least a little bit strange that, you know, like, the cops just like, oh, was he doing anything weird? Was he acting weird? Did you see him talk to anybody? And then he's like, did you guys do any drugs? Didn't ask if they were drinking. (laughs) Just straight to to, like, did you guys do hard drugs? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> also, question, and, and this is, like, this, because this continues, this this thread uh, for the whole Shane, you know, uh, storyline, but 
in the end, what truly does it matter? Like, even like lawsuits or whatever, like he, what does it really matter? Why is drugs the villain? I don't know. I'm, and I'm not like, hey, man, what? leave drugs alone, dude. <laughs> it's not like that. But I just don't see it. Like a missing child, why would that be like the thing this cop is zoning? Like, it's true. like whether they did drugs or not, like, it doesn't it matter. Are you any closer to locating this child unless like they were talking to someone specific that's related to that, you know? Yeah, I don't yes. feel like the first conclusion that you would jump to is child took drugs and something else. <laughs> if they disappeared when everybody split up after a concert, you know, I think you would follow a kidnapping angle first. Like, especially for someone who's, like, 14. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like, it's not like he's fucking 19 years old or something. Like, fuck. And yes. especially on a show that entertains so many pedophiles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Luke's like... I don't know We're what, coming to that. Yeah, I don't know what Shane could have been doing, but did you know he fucks? So <laughs> could be anywhere. <laughs> oh man, Shane's mom's bridge club must be a fucking disaster now. <laughs> she probably hasn't been there in years. I just love it when later on when she's like, I, I can't play it anymore. I just can't say the word. <laughs> 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 All right, so we cut back to Wheels, and the guy who picked him up is uh, talking in his car as they're driving. Uh, the guy is asking him a bunch of creepy questions, if he has a girlfriend, if he's interested in girls, if he's ever oh, may I? fooled around with a girl. You if, gotta... you think he should, if you think he should run for president of the United States in 1988 <laughs> against George W. Bush, <laughs> a.k.a. Michael Dukak. <laughs> He goes, yeah, that's good. Everybody yeah. out there, your 1988 we, politics, we America politics, serious eyebrow situation going oh, on with this my. guy. I, and I, I do get the Dukakis reference. First. <laughs> yes, yes, I did it. I knew it was worth it. I, I have to note a few things from this conversation. Uh-huh. Uh, he he picks wheels up. Wheel says he's going to Port Hope. He explains he's going to see his dad. The driver asks Wheels if he's a little young to be away. Wheels says he's almost 15, he can take care of himself, and he's been around. And the driver is like... Wiggles his eyebrows. And says, is that so? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, he's talking about blowing you, guy. Like, that's what he means. Like, it's so gross. Uh, Then, the conversation that you just said, Arlo, uh, is... You got a girlfriend, Wheels? No. You're not interested in girls? They're okay. You ever fooled around? Now, when he asks this, I think that my reaction would be like, stop the car. Like, (laughs) I have a gun. Like, stop the car. Wheels' reaction is, no. Oh, God. (laughs) Like, literally with, like, the laugh. Like, he's like, no. It's like, you ever suck a dick, Wheels? (laughs) No. And then he says, and then he says, well, you should try it. It feels good. Nothing wrong with something that feels good, don't you think? And that's finally when Wheels is like, this is weird. Uh, um. The fucking I don't think he's like, this is weird at that point, even. (laughs) Yeah, he's just like, this is a normal conversation with a stranger. Seriously, Mm. like I, I actually um, just the other day, it was like the. 
the tenth anniversary, twentieth anniversary, tenth anniversary, I think, of like Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh yeah, and uh, it was playing in the theater. So um, my husband and I went to see it in the theater, and so like I was like reminded of like um, that part in the movie where it's like goes from like like in Scott Pilgrim's brain where it's like doesn't get it. And then, like it, like the little um, like gauge switches to like yes. gets it. Yeah. And like, I don't, I don't think that it switches to gets it until like literally the guy's taking off his seatbelt and starting to slide over. Yeah. Like Ugh. so dirty. Um. So anyway, uh, the we learn the guy's a traveling salesman. Um, he says he has to make a short detour and goes off the main road into a small dirt road. And then he says, it sounds like the car is making a weird noise. You hear that? And you hear that? You hear that? <laughs> you hear that noise? <laughs> Boing. That's my boner. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a ruler being bounced off the edge of the <laughs> That sound? Yeah, that's that's like, I need to stop the car. There, there's also a hideous moment where Wheels is peering out the window at the scenery, and the driver looks over at him and gives him a once-over, and it's just like, uh, 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 <laughs> It was really bad. I noted... This sequence is gross. Uh, it was, yeah, it, it's so bad. Gross. So uh, he pulls over and parks by the side of the road. And uh, Wheels, starting to get it, asks him if he's going to go check on the engine. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, kind of. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I guess, know. are we still talking metaphors here? Yeah. Like,. <laughs> You gotta check the engine, like you gotta. You are gotta, you literal now? I'm. I lost you. You got a good dipstick? <laughs> you mean like physically the one in the car that checks the oil in the basement, or like the other thing? Because I re- I'm just losing the thread here, man. <laughs> and uh, he says, "You know, wheels. You're a good-looking young man." And oh, like this God. is the this is the gets it moment for me. For me. <laughs> <laughs> like, um. The guy unbuckles his seatbelt and slides over and starts to feel up his leg. Fucking Ugh. bench eating, right? Am all, I right? All that, all, all, <laughs> that, all, all that polyester, like just <laughs> sli- slipping across the the the, the seats. Ugh. And Wheel says, "What are you doing?" And uh, of course, the guy says, "Relax." And like he's got his hand on the leg and moving it up towards his dick, and I'm like, even as an actor, I'd be like, like yeah. <laughs> Yes. And he, co- he comments on, on how strong Wheels' legs feel. Strong, <laughs> strong legs. They look so good in those khakis. Those green khakis <laughs> wheels. So Wheels is thankfully able to get out of the car. He's lucky there's no weird child locks on there. And he grabs a rock as a weapon. Um, the guy throws Wheels' stuff out of his car. He turns into a golem and, <laughs> and runs off <laughs> back into the car. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's quite transformation. As a as a kid, and I and I've heard this from other people who have watched this episode. Like, I was really concerned that he wasn't going to get that bag back. And I was like, his bag's still in the car. And then the guy throws the bag out, and I'm like, oh god, thank goodness. <laughs> like, he got his bag. Yeah, like I, I don't care if wheels got like felt up, but get that bag back, dude. <laughs> I thought the same thing. <laughs> yes, I was like, oh man, all this stuff is in there. I'd be pissed. Well, don't worry, guys. He got his stuff back. Ooh, all's good. Yep. All's I mean, well with the world. In Except the sales- for Wheels is now alone on the side of the dirt road. <laughs> in the salesman's defense, if I'm going to drive you to Port Hope, I'm at least getting a handy. <laughs> <laughs> boo! Boo! Ah, fair enough. <laughs> That's fine. 
I can't. It's 2020. I can't be hard on that. That's fine. Yeah, sure. <laughs> It's just it's understood in Hitchhiker. You're all horrible people. Okay. (laughs) And then Arlo. Yes. After this incident, so Wheels has almost been molested. The guy drives away. Wheels is alone on the highway. What's the first thought that we hear going through his head? Happy birthday, big guy. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what? Mike Nelson voiceover. (laughs) Like, that's the first thing you think about after this incident. When I get to Mike, it'll be okay. Hey, big guy. I mean, I do kind of have to hand it to whoever was doing the sound mixing or whatnot for this episode or directing the sound mixing. Like, we get the quiet in this episode before the theme music comes on. Yes. And you kind of, like, it gives you sort of the sense of, like, Wheels being alone and his, like, isolation before we get fade in. So I I felt that was really, that was really effective. Uh, Courtney. Yes. Because you shared this, can you tell us about James Knapp, please? Oh. <laughs> yes, please. James uh, yes. Knapp, that's the actor who played the traveling salesman, correct? <clears throat> uh-huh. Yes, the unnamed traveling salesman. James Knapp is, uh, well, I looked him up. He has his own website, and he uh, lists his, uh, his acting spots. And yes, he is listed as a salesman in this episode. He's, so he's this fucking site is amazing. <laughs> so like, yes, okay. the website he put together in 1997 is uh, what I'm looking at. <laughs> James Knapp, K-N-A-P-P dot workbooklive.com. I'll post this at uh, at Narbo's podcast on Twitter so you can follow it. So he's got his pro picks on the front. There are 14 of them. <laughs> so many. Some are professionally done, but like. <laughs> one of them, like the first one's like, this is when I auditioned to play big in Sex in the City. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Then the second like they, one. The they sec- always wanted eyebrows for that part. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then there's one where he's got his arms crossed. Like, <laughs> we're going to get those gun laws reversed. <laughs> like, it's just like, <laughs> I'm going to take wow. you court and we're not going to fucking take no for an answer. And then there's one where he's he's looking at the camera he's outside and his hair which in all the other photos is like styled kind of nicely now it's all messy and like there's a little part down the front and it's like it it looks like he's doing his walk of shame and he took a selfie (laughs) it's it's fucking weird but yeah he's got this website with his he's got his profile he's got his resume Uh, he was born in 1945 and his first acting gig was in 1949 Here's Holy his shit. first. Yeah, well, here's the, the gig. Little, little rascals. <laughs> here's the gig. No, he tells me what it is. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> Again, four years old acting debut. Here we go. Our kindergarten class put on a show in a local theater, and I carried in old King Cole's pipe, much to the audience's delight and very uh-huh. much to my own. It's been a love affair ever since, and I hope it continues for some time to come. And that four-year-old boy would go on to almost molest somebody in uh, a Degrassi Wait, episode. Is that, <laughs> oh, is oh, I mean, that's an, ador- that's an adorable story. Carrying his own special pipe. Wheels could have taken them. He's 5'6 and 160 pounds. Mr. James Knapp, if you want to be on this podcast, Alan, I think you would accept this man. 
this Canadian royalty to be on the podcast. Yo. No joke for series. It will be awesome. My favorite part of his his website was the special skills that he lists. <laughs> yes. And it did remind me a little bit of Joey Tribbiani and Friends. Um, what a fucking random bunch. So as his special skills, he lists that he's a licensed driver. And in parentheses, <laughs> standard slash automatic. <laughs> Class five, baby. <laughs> Um, so after that, his next skill, horseback riding, cycling, guitar, stage fencing, swimming, and skin diving. Mm-hmm. Skin yeah. diving. What the fuck is that? Flesh flu playing. <laughs> what skin the fuck? Diving. I'm, I think that I, that's me? like an outdated term for like scuba diving, I think. I'm putting I in skin so diving into my cool. Google and I hope I don't regret it. Yeah, it's scuba diving. But it's it's weird here because, like, those look like hobbies to me, but he calls them special skills. I mean... <laughs> yeah, when I drove my car earlier today, I was doing one of my special skills. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't have that special skill, so... Mm-hmm. Okay, well, maybe you should put right it on your resume it. under special skills. <laughs> I also list on my special skills sitting in chair. And... <laughs> Well, I'm not falling on the floor. It's like, oh, I'm doing pretty hard. good. If I was yeah. a baby, I'd be falling all over the place. I'm not a baby. <laughs> Sit on a chair. I'm pretty good at it. Thank you very much. When do I start? You know, right. as much well, as we standard make... Standard and reclining. As, as much as we make fun of the guy, like, he had more of a career in, than I did. He was on Degrassi, and we're sitting here reviewing it, so good for him. Well, and exactly. he did a great job of being... Agreed. Disgusting. So smarmy. Nailed it. I think this would be the definition of smarmy. <laughs> I mean, let's let's rate the pedophiles so far. Like, Yo, did the best hey everybody, welcome to rate those yep. pedophiles. <laughs> okay, we got Courtney. We got we got. Wait, Al, is Courtney a pedophile? What's that? <laughs> Sorry, can't hear you. The music's playing. Okay, welcome. Yay! All right, this is Ted coming from uh, Claude Sound Motel in uh, Chernova, Newfoundland. So, uh, Courtney, going back to you, uh, what do you say? Uh, uh, who do we got up on the board tonight <laughs> for pedophiles, for the grassy? I'd like to say, if anybody is listening from um, Children's Services, I am not a pedophile. I have three kids. <laughs> Yay! I don't want to step all over your gimmick, but I'm going to. But for me, it would be like, it would be something like, we asked 100 people, who's the best pedophile in Degrassi history? <laughs> <laughs> Survey says, Survey says like, bing. Okay. <laughs> I get, I get, okay, hot tagged Alan. Okay, let's go with that trope. Let's say, okay, uh, who is the top? Let's go around. Courtney, who is the um, best pedophile in the grassy universe? Okay, who should I take? I should say, uh, I'm gonna go with um, <laughs> uh, like... Mr. Colby. Hey, that's, that's gotta be that's gotta be the number one answer. Was he the best or was he the worst? Like seriously. Well, it's kind of like if you want to get caught, like go with Colby's methods. <laughs> he was okay, a bad. We're not molester. talking about the most effective pedophile. Just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, that could get us in some trouble because I was just yeah. gonna say, well, this guy with wheels did go down a closed road, so yes. I'm like, eh, well. yeah. Whereas Mr. Colby would have taken him to the mall and then tried to molest him <laughs> at the center court. Like. He wouldn't even try to take him to the mall. He just take him into the classroom with everybody around. <laughs> Fuck's sake. I would say, um, you know, we've got Mr. Colby, we've got traveling salesmen, 
But We've to got me, the soap opera star. The soap opera yeah. star. Oh yes, that's yeah. another one. Good. But then, uh, I think that the, uh, I, I think that eventually, when we look a few years down the road, I mean, technically, pedophile is somebody who dates underage kids, right? Technically, uh, Clutch is going there. Clutch is going that way. Absolutely. Oh, Clutch. <laughs> yeah. That's a great. That's a great eleven doing here. Yeah, well, I think that, you know, he clutches, I mean, he won't be in university, let's be honest, but he'll be, you know, <laughs> he'll be 22, 23 dating, and it won't even be 18-year-olds, like, he'll be dating 14-year-olds still. Let's well, there's also that nasty, um, in real life, um, child pornography charge that is coming up for a character. <laughs> 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess he does take it because he actually like did it for real. Yeah, actually, he also got. But that's a spoiler too. alert. We'll uh, we'll get into those <laughs> stories. He also in fits into our future episodes. Bestiality category. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> another edition of the Grassy Pedophiles. Final final thoughts on this episode. I mean, I mean a plus. That's my comment. Yeah. <laughs> This yeah. is this is classic. I mean, what like like I said at the beginning of the episode, everybody, even if you didn't watch Degrassi um, as often as we did, you know this episode. You know, port. You know the creepy sales guy. You know that scene. It is disgusting. Again, I remember this being an like a television event. I remember seeing it be advertised ad nauseum on like the CBC, and I knew it was coming up, and we were all going to watch it. Like it was it was a big deal because it was a two parter. And I, I really do remember that. And yeah, I mean, solidly delivered. Um, the one thing I forgot to point out, and maybe this is normal, but I didn't really realize it was normal, was that Joey's mom is hanging her laundry inside her house <laughs> on a clo- on a clothesline. Fine. <laughs> we used to um, did okay. I'm I, I assume somebody. I mean, it wasn't a clothesline. We, we had that. like a. We had like a wicker, a big wicker laundry rack in the basement. Okay. And, and my uh, mom yes. used to hang our laundry instead of put it in the dryer because it saved energy. Yeah, and we used to do that too, but we did not like we did not like create a clothing line in the middle of our living room. <laughs> oh, sorry, Courtney. Up. We all didn't grow up with water beds and maids in our house. <laughs> oh yeah, so. <laughs> yeah that's right. You're not oh, the yeah, only sorry. one that noticed, though. I was watching the episode with my husband, and he was just like, how much fucking laundry does this fucking woman have to do? Because <laughs> she's still doing laundry in every, every in scene. In her living room. Yeah. Joey's, it's a house, right? Like, I, do they not have a backyard with a clothesline? Like, they have to do it inside? <laughs> Maybe they don't have a backyard. I don't know how it is in Toronto. Yeah, Courtney, we don't have backyards in Toronto. There's not a lot of space here. Sorry. Yeah. Like maybe they're in a condo or something. Raccoon, I don't know. Raccoons Ten. will steal it if you put Ten, your clothes outside. Do you have any f- final thoughts on the episode? <laughs> uh, yeah, this was really a uh, what? What's the word? Not an impressionable, but it was very uh, memorable. memorable. Definitely, yeah, memorable. There Prolific. you go. Prolific. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was a fantastic episode. Um, you, we all have gone to the Canadian Museum and visited. <laughs> Wheels' backpack that's still in the museum, <laughs> along with uh, Clutch's car. So, yes. yeah, so those two things are there. So see the uh, Wheels backpack. Also, the, po- and- the postcard is also. And the postcard yes, the is postcard. there in the Canadian Museum that I made up. And the, wax, <laughs> and the wax figurine of the molesting salesman is also uh, there. Uh, <laughs> hey, do you, you fool can- around? Do you fool around? Do you fool around? <laughs> He's an animatronic guy. 
buttons, like you because you can sit. It's interactive. You can sit in yeah, this car seat, the like it's. You press the button, and he just slowly <laughs> he just slowly slides across the. It feels good. It feels good. <laughs> it can't be wrong if it feels good. It can't be wrong if it feels good. <laughs> so everyone, all Canadians know what this is. We've all been there. Yes, it's fantastic. Yes. Bring the kids. Anybody from outside of Canada, just come on up. Come on up to the Canadian Museum and have the real experience. All right. <laughs> Okay, well, get, get your thank you. Taken with the uh-huh. wax molester. Don't forget your knapsack. Oh, he, <laughs> the robot throws it out <laughs> at the end of the ride. If you like lay your purse down, he like throws it out. <laughs> uh, this is the best all right. museum ever. All right, guys, on that note, on that note, thank you, everyone, for You're joining welcome. us. Thank you, oh. joining us, listeners. <laughs> Thank and, you, uh, Alan. Sure, sure to tune in next time for Taking Off Part 2, where we will learn Wheels' fate. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm Arlo. You can catch me on Instagram at A-R-L-O-E-S-C-O-T-T. Slip with five eyes on Twitter and Instagram and follow us at Narbo's Podcast on Twitter, please. And um, Courtney.1293 on Instagram. Make sure you follow us at Narvos and Broomheads Podcast. And then I'd like to, again, shout out the DegrassiPanthers.com website because whoever runs that has done an amazing job tracking down a lot of locations of all of our favorite Degrassi sites. And I'm Ted at Sewa3 on Instagram. See y'all later. See you next time. Bye. Bye. To be continued. Later. Well, I just said I'm my love. I would never do my homework. I would stay up late and dream about Caroline. I would never get girls out of my house. Maybe I would. I would walk around and get makeup. Don't you get to my dreams. Everyone thinks I'm